Hello guys, welcome back to the Jack Osborne podcast. I did say I weren't going to be podcasting much over this um, pandemic lockdown, because I really can't get people in, but Netflix's Tiger King has changed my mind, and Netflix do make probably crazy documentaries. We have Fire Festival, Don't Fuck With Cats, stuff like that, and... The most notable one is Abducted in Plain Sight. But I think this tops are off completely. Tiger King. Tiger King follows a man called Joe Exotic. Oh, that's where he goes by Joe Exotic. I come. It's Joe Passage, I'm going to call him. But his name is Joe Exotic. So, and so on. We'll run to Tiger Zoo. Exotic Zoo. Um. And he ran for president, governor. Um, <laughs> he got his own TV show. Got his own range of condoms. <laughs> yeah, this is what we're dealing with in this podcast. And got very much rivalry, which he does want to kill. In the name of Carol Baskins, or in the show sense, just because I can say it like Joe Exotic says it, Carol fucking Baskin and her husband Howard. But before I get into all this, and I like explain a little bit, Joe is a obviously he runs the GW Zoo in Oklahoma. Which have tigers, crocodiles, and pretty much everything that you can think of. But Joe has got a big personality. He thinks he's something that he's not. He almost tries to play God, in a sense, even though he calls himself the king. Which, quite frankly, is confusing, but yeah. That is pretty much how Joe Exotic works. He has two husbands. As you can establish, he is a gay man. He had two husbands at the time. He's only got one now. And Joe was quite disowned by his father quite early in his life for being gay. Joe is quite good at money saving. His zoo is not really up to scratch compared to someone like Doc Antle, which we get into. He's another character the show produces. Joe, at the start of the show, is married to John Finley. And he basically runs GWSU, does quite well. And then we go into the next person, is Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin, well, there's a lot to say about her. She runs the Big Cat Rescue, which is a sanctuary. Which protects cats from sales and breeding. She runs the company with her husband Howard, which works with a lot of army of volunteers. And she's just really obsessed with cat print, I would say. There's nothing else you can add to Carol Baskin than the fact 
she is pretty much obsessed with cat print. And then we go into a bit of Howard, which is Carol's husband. I would say third husband. But Carol Baskin, well, I'll, I'll get into it a bit later on in this half of the blog. Or podcast, sorry, in a blog. And we'll move on now to Doc Antor. Who is another bit of a character. He is a womanizer. He owns one of the well-known Cats facilities, probably one of the most well-respected facilities. But he is quite of a dirty man, I would say. Doc Antle makes a ton of money. And I'll get into the finances of these people very, very later on. Doc Antle is clearly Joe looks at Doc Antle and idolises himself on him. So Doc Antle plays a massive part in Joe Exotic's life. Then we go into Rick Kirkman, who becomes, who pretty much is producer of Joe Exotic's TV, which was Joe's TV channel, which was beamed onto the internet, where he would just miraculously rant all about Carol Baskin all the way through him, more than talk about the safari and animals. I forgot to mention that the name of the zoo ran by Doc Antle is Myrtle Beach Safari. Just bring that in. But back to Rick Kirkman, he's a producer. He only became Joe's private TV producer just because he wanted to make a reality show about Joe Exotic's life. Which is not the Netflix documentary. If you haven't heard of Tiger King, I would suggest you watch it before listening to this podcast. Because coming out my mouth is going to sound like pure fucking madness. Yep, I'm going to be probably swearing a lot more on this podcast anyway, so it probably won't be family friendly, this one. But Rick Kirkman wanted to produce the reality show as a bit of an issue. John Rennick pretty much is the manager of the zoo. John was very, very close with Joe. John lost both of his legs. And, yeah, he ran the zoo until a certain point. we got Travis Maladon- Maladonadu, which is Joe's second husband in a double marriage. He was, he was married to... He was married to John Finley and Travis at the same time. And Travis did was younger, he was 19 years old. Sadly, we'll come to Travis a bit later on in the podcast. Jeff Lowe wasn't next to talk about. Jeff Lowe bought the zoo to clearly try and save Joe's back, which, as soon as we come to Jeff Lowe a bit further, Dylan Passage is third husband, Joe's third husband, and Alan Glover, which will become an instrument to the imprisonment of Joe later on, which I will get to probably more mainly in the second half. But where, where I'm going to be looking at in this first half is pretty much how Carol Baskins really influenced it. Because he had a massive feud with Carol Baskin, Joe 
been going on for pretty much a few years now. So I say Carol is basically the she runs a rescue center, which um pretty much goes against everything that Joe does with the breeding. She rescues them from situations like that. And clearly, Joe likes biting the Carol Baskins, his threats, and everything. Joe just likes biting. So, Joe used a lot of his YouTube and TV slots for his Joe Exotic TV to almost like threaten Carol Baskins. And pretty much, it was just at first. Exchange of words here and exchange of words there. But then it did start getting messy. That Joe pretty much started doing tours with these lions to shopping malls. And Big Cat Rescue was very concerned about the treatment and the way they were kept. And they weren't like the petting age of a cub. They were big, big lions. He was taking the shopping malls across America. So Carol sent people to go undercover and spy at every shopping mall across the country to see what Joe was up to. And in the end, it really killed Joe's touring business because malls will not take take him so this feud escalated in Joe losing money but Joe's motivation went on to try and bring the Baskins down so the way Joe went about it afterwards was the sense you take my lions and tigers and all my animals I have it'll be like Waco and he said that on a news report and the reporter was just absolutely shocked to hear that he compared it to Waco and for any of my listeners who would like to know what Waco is Waco was a siege carried out by the US and federal Texas law enforcers as well as the military as Branch Davidians were stockpiling weapons which ended up in a conflict it was a building in Waco, in Texas, which was sieged just because they wouldn't give up weapons. It became a mini war, and Joe was willing to turn into that war. He was willing to do a Waco of his own. So, his way about it was to buy, and probably the most classic American way about it is to buy a ton of guns. To protect himself from Baskin and anyone who came in to take away his lions. Part of the big cat rescue. So Rennick and Joe started doing a little suicide pack. There were two bullets with each other's name on it. And it, if anything goes horribly wrong, they were ready to shoot each other. So pretty much... It went mad. Joe was testing these guns. He was testing dynamites. He was planning a real escalation where they came and took every 
nothing away from him. And this did get a bit nasty in a sense with Joe. Um, also, it was a lot of accusations about Carol coming about, which I will get to very shortly. I got another bit. So that's probably how the feud started. The feud does carry on a bit further, but that's the basis of the Baskin and Joe Exotic feud. And pretty much I'm going to be looking a bit into another character. Is Doc Antle. He's basically what Joe Exotic wants to be. Doc's been doing a few years. He's worked for Hollywood. He's worked on sets of Ace Ventura. Doctor Doolittle. Anything. Anything to deal with lions and animals. So he worked with like Jim Carrey, Eddie Murphy and so on. Doc Antle has probably got a really nice looking park. I have to say it, it, it looks a lot better than Joe's and Baskin's. There's a lot of animal cruelty with that going around Doc Antle, which is something that will be in the second half. But Doc is a bit of a womanizer. <laughs> he is a very much a womanizer. He's got about five wives. And one woman I will probably use to talk about Doc, his name is Barbara Fisher. Barbara Fisher, sorry, I can't get the words out then. Pretty much said that only <laughs> this is her words that she had to have breast implants to make her look more sexy. He he really literally dressed these women the way he wants to dress these women, just because. He could. He had them living on site. And his way to get them to the top was to sleep with them. That was his belief. Doc is pretty much... I would say Doc Antler at one point before stuff happens in the future. Probably ran with danger a little bit more than Joe. He was associated... Was Mario Tabaré. Tabaré is pretty much a drug smuggler, convicted. He has been compared to Al Pacino's character, Tony Montana, a lot. And Tabaré actually burnt a dead body of an AFT officer, a federal officer for tobacco and alcohol. And he is very, very close with Antle. Antle have sold him a lot of tigers, which is another thing frowned upon by Carol Baskin. And the way Antle describes being a tiger owner is a cult. Especially when it comes to issues with him being married multiple times to, the same, to multiple people at the same time. So, Doc is also another big person who protects himself a lot. He believes in paramount protection no matter what goes on. So, Doc sleeps at his bed side with an AK-47 right next to him. That's how much these people are scared. 
I think they are pretty much paranoid people. And they are willing to do anything to go above each other. So, in the opening line of the film, it says, Big opening line of the series, Big cat people are backstabbing pieces of shit. That is the first sentence you will hear. And as it goes on, you can see the backstabbing from Antel, another character, Tim Stark, and Joe Zotic. And it goes on and on and on and on, all the way through. But, again, modelling himself on Dog Antel is Joe Exotic. And he was actually married to Travis and John at the same time. John Finley pretty much was like, ugh, really? Another one? I have to share Joe? That was pretty much what he said. And they had a wedding where all three of them married. But Joe has also been married. He's got his things and his issues around that. And pretty much it goes on and on and on like that but clearly in these states that can be done the way it looks you can marry multiples and it can be done so the next part I am going to get to now is the one probably a lot of people want me to because I know this is about seeing if Joe Exotic is innocent or not it will be about Carol Baskin's missing husband, Don Lewis. And don't get me wrong, he's dead. No matter some people who's out there protecting Carol Baskin's, hoping he is alive. He's not alive, he's dead. He's been gone well over 20, 25 years now. He's he's no more. I'm, I'm sorry to say he's not in Costa Rica at all. He is not in Costa Rica. Pretty much a little bit of a backstory on how Carol and Don met. Don pretty much was driving around and he saw an upset young blonde woman in early 1980s Florida. And it happened to be Carol Baskin. Carol was a 21-year-old, if I am correct. I didn't take this down as a note, which I should have. I didn't feel it was important at the time. But Carol was walking the streets. It took three times for Don, who was in his 40s at the time, 42, 43, 42, to get Carol in the car. In the end, his way to get her in, he held a gun up to her and says, you can hold this against me all the way through the car, Jenny, because he just wanted to talk. And that was pretty much how they met. Then she spent the night with him, Presumably, we all know they booked into a motel and, yeah, I think it's very explanatory than that bit. At the time, Don was married and he was married for years. He had two kids with this woman he was married to and, well, we find out that he is quite a womanizer throughout the documentary, throughout the episode Secrets, which is episode three, a really good one. I feel you get a bit more of a perspective of another person within this circle of tiger breeders. 
he got interested in it. He split up with his wife, Mary Carol. She split up with her husband. Carol had a kid with this husband. Which there is an insane conspiracy theory about Jeff Lowe and her husband, which I will get to when I get to Jeff Lowe. It is insane, but it's going to be debunked anyway. So pretty much Carol went off and married Don. Then he's because Don was worth millions. They reckon seven million, which at the time they got married in the early nineties, it was a lot of money. Sorry, I had a drink then. So Don became a bit of an interest in wildlife. Carol was already an animal person, she claimed. But Don really took interest by in cubs. Then they started doing breeding and created their own sanctuary. But things didn't seem to last for long, obviously, with Carol Baskin and Don. Don was travelling every week, taking these lions down to Costa Rica. And clearly, Don had a little fling in Costa Rica. He had another, like, sort of love. So, Carol Baskins got jealous and stuff were going sour. Arguments are happening. Abusive. I think more being more verbally abusive than physically. And I think this is what everyone's saying that Carol Baskins murdered her husband. John filed a restraining order against Carol Baskin. Because she threatened to kill him. And held up a gun. In America, apparently this is completely fine for not getting a restraining order. Which is unbelievable. So, Don, with the help of one of his most trusted person, Anne, for the love of God, I can't remember her last name. And they were plotting to get to Costa Rica. Clearly, Don's when Don went missing... His van was found at an airport which he owned multiple planes. Don couldn't fly none of those planes because the day he got his license, the day after he had it taken off him. And the planes wouldn't have held cargo. It was so small, it probably wouldn't even get into Costa Rica. He probably would have had to make three field stops. So the plane is ruled out and what happened to Don's body. But... Don and Anne plotted to go to Miami so he can find a way to get a flight to Costa Rica. But then Anne was waiting for a call. Anne was waiting for a call. Eventually the call never came. So she called home. They didn't answer the first time. She called home again. Carol answered. And there was a big thing because he was pretty much massive. He was rich. They knew him across America. Shockwaves across TV reports went out about Don's disappearance. And clearly the the first thing that they pointed, because all the lawsuits was made and the verbal history between these two, fingers were pointing at Carol Baskin, or Carol Lewis at the time. And there was a rumour starting to go about, especially between Doc, Joe and so on, was that Carol Baskins murdered 
Don, fed him to the Tigers. Straight after us, cut him up and fed him to the Tigers. Because they would eat bone. Joe and Doc said, they will eat bone. Oh, Joe said he was underneath something in the, in their house. And he wants them to dig it up and have a look. Because Joe's pretty much hell-bent again in Carol Baskins, thrown into prison for murder. And pretty much it waited five years for him to be legally com- declared dead by the government. And really, Carol cashed in straight away. She cashed in on all his money. Don took his kids off the world because apparently they weren't pretty, I would say, they wasn't like seeing him enough. He thought they weren't contributing enough into his life. So we took him off the world mistakenly. So Carol cashed in and offered nothing towards Don's real, his first wife's children. And the sad thing is, they loved him. His kids. It was a lot manipulated by Carol, and I do honestly think Carol Baskins killed him, no matter what anyone says. She killed him, and I won't put her past her, disposing the body as feeding them to the lions. And tigers, sorry, not lions. Feed him to the tigers, because who's going to check a tiger? And, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. And I'm going to probably dip back into the feud between Carol and Joe. The feud got so bad, in a sense, that Joe Exotic set up a site. Because he saw, every time you search Big Cat Rescue, Carol's website will come up. No matter what, it's top search. So his mentality was, so, the only way I can get noticed is pretty much getting close to her on these Google searches. So Joe started his own entertainment thing called Big Cat Entertainment and pretty much just stole everything off Big Cat Rescue. He stole the website header to use as his logo. Even the logo was stolen. (laughs) So... Pretty much, Joe started exploiting Big Cat Rescue. And one picture that went up was a... was a photo of members of Big Cat Rescue volunteers holding up dead rabbits, almost looking like they're a trophy. Clearly, where these rabbits were going, were going to be fed to the tigers. But the one thing that Joe had copy, they could get Joe finally on copyright was on that photo. And he was sued a lot of money. He literally did defend his corner. He's saying that it was a public knowledge image. They could do anything they want with it. So Joe had a lot of damages and copyright claims against him. And in the end, he was sued a million dollars, one million dollars for copyright claims 
And the way he reacts is if he can't pay it, they'll take all his assets away to the value. So pretty much everything he owns, apart from the zoo, which would probably be worth more. So what Joe did was go to the Walmart, the local Walmart, and buy a load of explosives. And he blew up everything, filmed and said stuff like, you can take away anything, but here's my assets, come again, and shoots it, blows it up. Like, he blew up his bed, his watch, he blew everything up, you can think of, which can make up to a value of a million. And the lawsuit got so sour that Joe used to literally forge his parents' signatures to put stuff in his mother's name. So she got sued, and she nearly lost everything because of Joe. And clearly, Joe had an issue with it. his studio burnt down, and the alligator house. A lot of alligators died because of this. Joe did try and blame Chris Kirkman, so Kirkman walked from the project completely and left GW Zoo. And I think everything is literally falling apart for Joe. And I th- believe that Joe burned it down in myself. I asked her, I really believe that Joe burned it down myself. Now I'm going to take a short break. We are now. If you are listening to us on Anchor FM, you can enjoy a little song. The song is Dreamers Hotel, which is a new single by Enter Shikari. If you are listeners on YouTube and Spotify, I'll let you be back in a matter of seconds. Hello, welcome back to the Jack Osborne podcast, part two of the Tiger King podcast. If you are listening to on to us on Anchor FM, I hope you enjoyed the new Enter Shikari single, Dreamers Hotel. And if you are listening to us on Spotify or YouTube... Pretty much, you're back a little bit sooner than the people on Anchor FM. So you can get a bit more of the concluded story of Tiger King. In the first part, I looked at Carol Baskins, who who everyone is. The feud against Carol Baskin, a missing husband. The marriages of Doc Antle and Joe Exotic, which is also, I talked a bit about Doc Antle. And the Baskin lawsuit against... Joe Exotic. In this part, I'm going to start with where I left off. Joe was pretty much on his knees. This lawsuit, his family, he did have a financial issue before that where one of his members of staff, Saf, had an arm bitten, then had to have it completely amputated. Amputated because it was so damaged. Joe admitted he will never financially recover from something like this. And then comes what was treated by Joe Exotic as a saviour in Jeff Lowe. Invests. Ultimately buys the whole park of Joe. Kept Joe there and pretty much I think John Rennick said that Joe saw him as the messiah at the time. And all this started happening a lot for Joe. He was he felt confident again. He started feeling himself a little bit. Joe went to visit him in his mansion. He is a bit of a playboy, Jeff Lowe is. 
and he stuck up for Joe when he tried to negotiate with Carol Baskins over the ways of payment of the one million he owes back to the Baskins for damages. Joe was literally locked up to this and thought this was great. Even visited his mansion. For God's sakes. And Jeff is quite obviously a bit of a playboy. He's got a bit of a trophy wife in Lauren, a very young woman. And things did again start coming unraveling at the scene at the seam sort of thing. He was a con man. Everything he pretty much owned, he was behind on his Ferrari payments. The the mansion was rented. He blows his money in Vegas, sort of thing. He conned Joe. And it's a situation that they couldn't get out of. And he employed Alan Glover, who is a handyman for Jeff Lott, quite loyal to Jeff. And him and Joe, I would say, had a very... Alan and Joe had a very, very rocky relationship. It's on the rocks, the relationship. Thing is, Joe was just an employee at the end of the day to Jeff, and I didn't think Joe really liked that. He felt that he was getting a real lack of respect. And so, stuff started getting pretty sour between them, and a lot of hatred. So, Jeff was in Las Vegas at one point. He was busted, and he had the opportunity to lay down a lot of his criminal activities or spend 167 days in prison, something like that. And at that time, all of Joe's purchases came from forging Jeff's signature. And more about Jeff Lowe, about that will come on very, very soon. And Jeff has been in trouble a lot of times with the police. He strangled his first wife. She survived. But this man had a very, very violent history. That's only a little bit I can say about Jeff Lowe coming in. He was literally saw as a saviour. But things weren't as it seems. Obviously with Joe, he is quite whacked anyway in the head. He does a lot of things without thinking. Jeff Lowe decided in 2016 to run for president as an independent. Obviously the front runners then was Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And Joe Exotic ran for president. He hired his campaign manager. I should have took his name as well as a note. And this guy used to run Walmart. <laughs> Joe, they always talk about the third party stuff like John Oliver does his show. They always talk about the third party and joke about him. And John Oliver got Joe Exotic's campaign video where he admits he don't wear a suit. He swore in like the first sentence. And and he pretty much admits he's the Tiger King in the video. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And pretty much it just 
it just blew up there. And Drew obviously was at one point convinced he could beat all of these candidates. Years of politics, the policy really for him was to stop this act that Carol Baskins was trying to pass. It's a big cat safety act, which stops breeding and illegal like petting of of these animals. So Joe thought, well, if I can't become president, I'll go for the next best thing. He ran for governor. <laughs> which is in a sense like, the prime minister of the the state so he ran for governor of Oklahoma and I would say it was a bit more <laughs> his campaign was a bit more wackier being a being on <laughs> oh my god what am I doing um, pretty much running for governor he you can eventually see a lot of these people will shake hands and kiss babies. Joe will literally give a rally and throw condoms in the crowd. With his face on it. In a sense, it was kind of bit promoting the t- his Parks merch. <laughs> Which, oh, it, it is crazy what happened. He obviously didn't win. He, I think he finished third in the end, which is pretty good for him, but Clearly, he was revered a madman. And this gets into the next part, which I'm flying, I flew through two very quick parts, is the downfall of pretty much GW under Joe and probably Joe's life. Joe, pretty much after this, the downfall began when Jeff Lowe returned back down to Oklahoma and discovers that Joe was forging his signature to make purchases. And it went into a full argument of everything about this place and everything about Joe's skills, how much he's not a people person, how rude. And clearly Joe Joe just loses it and Jeff told him to pretty much leave. So Joe lost the entire part to Jeff. And obviously, before all this happened, Travis, everyone knew one thing about Travis. Travis was young. He was addicted to weed, crystal meth, drugs. He was just addicted to drugs and alcohol. He came down from California and all that to obviously work. He was 19 when he married Joe. And it was one thing between all the staff at GW was that Travis is straight, really. He would do anything they were saying to feed his addiction. He, he was so depressed. Anything they want, Joe will get by the following day. They want a new car? What car? Joe will get it. They want a certain gun? Joe will get it. So... With this, obviously, what came of Travis, he did become really, really, really depressed. And clearly, with this lawsuit on Joe's back as well, did have a knock-on effect onto Travis's life. Travis started 
playing with his guns a lot more, started pointing it, and obviously talking to Joe's campaign manager in the office, Travis came in pointing the gun. And he said something which did change everyone's life who worked in our park that day. And he said, oh, this gun won't work without bullets in it, in a sense. So he started putting one in against his head and shooting. And that one shot took his life. Travis pretty much killed himself on the spot, in a sense, of being clever. Because I obviously watch the after show and they just say that there's a look of shock and horror on Travis's face when he realised there was a bullet left in the barrel. Whatever. And obviously people came back and noticed Joe was passed out. The ambulance and police are there. And then Travis is dead and he was buried and had his funeral in the park, which I would say the funeral is probably the craziest thing where Joe pretty admits, pretty much admits, dressed up as a priest, remember, now, he's dressed up as a priest for the people who've seen it, admits that, he admits that Travis rubbed his balls across Joe's face in front of Travis's mother. This is, like, unheard of for a funeral. Joe had, because Travis is in his quads, Joe wanted a memorial made out of his quads and rocks. He had one vision, then he got a biking company in to do a new vision. He admitted look better. There was a lot of stuff missed with Travis. And another thing was Joe. John Finley Lee was also another one who's been with Joe for 11 years prior to this. Who was a meth addict. Who had a drug problem. Joe could get it to him. And Joe fell in love with another straight man. They had a girl who was working on a desk that Travis fell in love with, started sleeping with. Not Travis, sorry. John was, John fell in love with, started sleeping with, and he got her pregnant. And that was pretty much the end of John and Joe's marriage as well. So really, life, in a sense, was really, really starting to fall apart for Joe Exotic and everything, and clearly, it did. It did really try to get back on track. It did really try to get back on track with him meeting Dylan Passage, who would later become a husband, and Joe literally used Passage's name as well. And it was really after that, Joe obviously left the park after this big fallout about forging signatures. Joe finds out that a federal investigation's after him, so him and him and Dylan go on the run. And obviously stuff does come alight during this run, and then eventually during this run an investigation started happening. And Joe, Jeff, and this other person named Garretson, if I can remember his first name correctly. We're just going to go by Garretson, where he said that pretty much to a doc- to the documentary maker now, Joe and Jeff were trying to get Carol whacked. So, 
a big thing, obviously, Joe was pushed to the absolute limit with Carol Baskins. The lawsuit, everything, even the Waco comments. You could see he was getting pushed to the absolute limit. And there was a lot of plots going on on how to kill Carol Baskin. At one point, it was really about shooting her, knifing her, stabbing her, whatever, whatever they can do to kill Carol Baskins. And then she put a video up on the internet where pretty much she's riding down a cycling path alongside her house. So, Jeff Lowe went onto his computer and googled where the cycling path was because neither Garrettson nor <laughs> Joe would have thought of that and figured out where she lives near the Big Cat Rescue Site and found a cycle path. So the plan was to get someone in the tree and a shooter. And that was the one thing then taking her body to pretty much to the swamp to be cut up. Or at one point they were going to cut her up alive. That was apparently one plot that, that Joe entertained. Clearly the plot to kill Carol Baskins at one point, I think with Joe as well, was a joke. But then obviously things come alight and all that. He just became more serious about it. And so, this is also going to link into the investigation now. The police are already investigating Joe, and Jeff got so ticked off with Joe. He wanted to work with Carol Baskins on texting her at saying, I've got information for pretty much saying i got information about Joe for you. They tried ringing her first, actually, to be correct. They tried call her first before anything. And pretty much, Carol forwarded to the federal agents. And Garrison, Gar- Garrettson had a visit from federal agents to his shop about the texts. The agents had bait on him, apparently to do with a lemur that he owns over dodgy papers, which I, which many people in the show and I feel is a lie about the the lemur and the dodgy papers. They got something more dirty on him, and pretty much, pretty much, they had him to become an informant. They had him on a plate that he had to cooperate with the investigation. So, the FBI, the federal agents, said every conversation he has with Joe and Jeff are recorded. None of these people know it. So, Joe was trying to find a hitman at the time called Alan Glover. Use Alan Glover because clearly Alan Glover's got a distinct feature on his face of a teardrop which is normally a sign that he killed someone. Joe offered Glover $3,000 to go down to Tampa Bay, Florida and kill Carol Baskin. 
and so on. Pretty much, Glover took the money and run, in a sense. He did not go down Tampa Bay and killed Carol Baskin at all. It wasn't his intention. He said he took the money and chickened out and partied. In a sense, how much this man is weird, psychotic and dangerous, he did that. And clearly, Garretson used the fact that he had no hitman. He gave him 2,000 of that 3,000 before killing Baskin. And pretty much used an undercover agent. (laughs) This is another funny part about Joe Exotic now. To pose as an assassin. Obviously to get bait on Joe. This agent was brought into GW by Garrison. It's like, oh, this man, he will take Carl out. And he went, really? How much? Not even questioning the situation he was going to be thrown in. This federal investigation was getting dirt on him. And I mean, a lot of dirt was going on to Joe Exotic. Everything was building up. Obviously, Joe was just about to go on the run at the time, so... They started getting everything to the higher... higher to murder charges. And animal cruelty was building up. They started... When Joe went on a run, Jeff Lowe decided to cooperate after Garrison told him the police are after him and he's working with them. And Jeff Lowe was ready to cooperate. So he started working with the police... In hope to save his own ass, really. And they dug up parts of the zoo where they found three dead bones, three dead skeletons, obviously, of course they're going to be dead, of tigers, which animal cruelty charges got thrown into the mix. So Joe, in the sense of Oklahoma and Florida, was public enemy number one. So on the run, Joe was finally apprehended and arrested in a car park of a mall. That was one place that Joe wanted to kill Carol was in a car park. That was another entertained idea. And it and then Jeff Lowe managed to get in contact with Alan Glover, who pretty much just went home to where he came from before moving down to GW. And said to him, you're better off being on the side of the government. Because the government was more after Joe than just the FBI. It was more to this situation. And everyone was really drawn into this. And uh, the trial began with... uh, I'll get back to a little bit. In order to get the murder to, for higher charge against Joe, they had to prove that Joe paid someone. Or that would be dead and buried, and it would just be the only way to get Joe now is on animal cruelty. So what Jeff Lowe did, obviously, when he got in contact with Alan Glover, was to try and get proof that Joe made payment to him. Two seconds, sorry, guys. And clearly when they did get the proof, that's when they arrested Joe. 
So, in the state of Oklahoma, he was put up against trial. And this was literally everyone they tried to get in to testify. They wanted Rennick to testify at one point. Probably Saf to testify. John Finley, Garretson. It got into a stage, even in trials, the backstabbing was unreal. It was so much backstabbing, it was unreal. And clearly, the first thing Joe thought, he was going to get off. And things just didn't work out that way. The first person to testify was his ex-husband, John Finley, and he did testify against him. Then straight afterwards, Garretson was another person to testify. And Garretson didn't just sell out Joe... He also sold out fucking Jeff Lowe. One person he worked with to bring Joe down. So that's where the backstabbing still carried carried on. So Joe thought in the sense of his head the only way he could get out of this situation was to testify himself. But it didn't go as well as he thought. Because it only took the jury four hours to find him guilty for murder, murder for hire, and the animal cruelty charges. Joe was sent to 23 years in prison. And so on, it carries on then into prison. Joe pretty much said, which I think is quite powerful, quote to say, was I'm in a cage. Do you know why animals die in a cage? Because they lose their integrity and their souls. So Joe was tearful. He was crying in prison. He started to... Obviously, he's given up on the animal world now. He's passed it. He's given up. That's one thing I didn't touch on at the start of this podcast. Is that he had enemies. Obviously, with Carol Baskin... Peter and all that and Tim Stark weren't very keen Tim Stark I'll get to very very shortly I'm going to jump from one thing into Jeff Lowe back to the other thing Jeff Lowe should have been convicted anyway so I'll get to that in a minute Joe was a very much public enemy number one to the animals rights group Peter which he was after which he'd done videos about which he threatened to kill some of them so he got a member of Peter to come in to visit him in prison so he can reveal everything about other park owners and mainly Doc Antle. And clearly what he was telling her what Doc would do, shoot him in the middle of the night, then this tiger would have literally been cremated at Doc's place. It was like a shocker. And clearly, this was another thing used to get to Jeff Lowe. At the time, Jeff Lowe was building a new park. He went into partnership with Tim Stark. That didn't work out. So another thing that happened is that they went, Tim Stark and all that, went after after Jeff Lowe and started visiting Joe in prison. And... Clearly, it has worked because Doc Antle has been raided back last year. 
this has worked and all everything. And the next thing is, is Jeff Lowe, he was deeply involved in this, no matter what. He should have went down as well. And I think Jeff Lowe went through a phase where he was just saying, like, like towards the end where Lauren was pregnant and all that. He went a bit fritzel about hiring a nanny. Obviously, as a, he wants to be Hugh Hefner, you can tell. Playboy lifestyle. Everyone was saying that Jeff is next. Even the FBI say all this is not over at all. This is not finished. And clearly it isn't because I do really, really, really feel that Jeff Lowe is next and should have gone down. And just, yeah, a lot of people should have went down with Joe, which hasn't. But now I'm going to get on to the final, final part of this podcast is my verdict on Joe Exotic. Really, I don't think he's a bad person as people make out. He's nuts. Don't get me wrong. I probably said some very controversy, not a bad person. He's dangerous. But he went insane at one point. He had he's has to pay a million dollars. He's pushed to the limit so much he lost his park. His his husband, Travis, blew his brains out. Joe clearly went insane. And that's probably one thing. I feel that Joe Exotic is guilty no matter what. It was a murder to hire. And was evidence weighing against him of the what the evidence we knew. Joe was as guilty as again. But I just feel that Jeff Lowe has been let off too easy so far. I know they probably will come back. And I know he'll probably get the justice he deserves. Because Jeff Lowe is a betrayer. <laughs> Does betray a lot of people, and obviously I'm going to dump, jump into this insane conspiracy theory as the last uh, part of this last part. Jeff Lowe and Garretson should go down, because clearly Garretson was a part of the plot to kill. He should have went down anyway, so everything else. And I feel that everyone backstabbing is something that's not going to go away. Carol Baskin, I no doubt she did kill her husband. I did say she, I agree she did kill her husband, and yeah, pretty much they're all guilty. Every single one of them, I would say, apart from Howard Baskin, really, and some of the park workers, like Saf and all that. I forgot his first name, Cowie. John Rennick, I think, is guilty for something. And Chris Kirkman's innocent. John Finley, I think. I'm I've split with John Finley's opinion how how I feel his involvement in this. But I think a lot of more people will go down very shortly because Joe Exotic's not finished bringing down people and we know that. <laughs> and we definitely know that Joe Exotic isn't finished. So, to round up this podcast I'm going to tell you about the insane conspiracy theory and a little bit debunk it while I'm at it because if you're a blog reader you know I like debunking urban legends and all that which I have started a series of blogs on 
which will lead into a Halloween podcast. But let's debug the theory. An image of Carol Baskins' his first husband went up online. Obviously, it was viewed in the show. The first husband looks like a very, very, very young Jeff Lowe. Obviously, you do see pictures of Jeff Lowe young in the series and looks nothing like. But they reckon these filmmakers left out a purpose of using images of Jeff more in his 20s. And they feel that Jeff Lowe and Carol had something brewed up all along in the end when they finally recross paths to bring Joe Exotic down. And and I'm going to debunk this a little bit because clearly these pictures are just uncanny. It's just unusual, these two real resemblance. But you flip and see Jeff Lowe's face young Jeff Lowe's face in the video completely they show it with him with tigers guns everything you see young Jeff Lowe no matter what so I'm debunking this completely as an insanely stupid but plausible in a sense not too stupid it is a bit stupid the way people are putting it but plausible conspiracy theory and that's what I'm going to end with now, yeah. But thank you for listening, guys. And please subscribe to me if you are on YouTube. Please follow me if you're listening on Spotify and Anchor FM. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram under the same username at JackOzBlogs98. You can find me on Twitter at JackOzBlogs and Podcasts. And my WordPress website is JackOzBlogs.wordpress.com. Thank you, guys. Stay safe and enjoy the badness of Tiger King.